I'm your host, Isaiah Marco, with my co-host, Phil Snow, the Stats Guy. I am the Snowman, and just remember that stats are cool. Indeed they are. I'm also here with Mr. Exclusive himself, Riley Weaver. What's up? And our very first special guest of the season, the King of the Swamp, Lynn Grohl. How we doing, guys? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, no problem. Phil, uh, week one's finally here, and uh, well, it's going to be it's going to be exi- very exciting week one for us this week. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the crossover of some of these conferences taking on uh, some of these other conferences. Obviously, we talked a little bit about the WBL going against uh, the MAC schools, which we think is pretty cool. Uh, GMC kind of going all over the place. They get a, a little bit of taste of. Uh, some NWOL schools, they get a taste of uh, Fort Recovery, which I think is pretty cool. And then you can look at Edgerton and Eden. It's kind of a cool matchup as well. So a lot of cool matchups here in week one. Obviously, a couple ones that we have circled that are uh, pretty big games uh, for some teams as far as uh, playoff implications and pretty crazy to say that when it's only week one. So Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's get started here. Uh, obviously, the first game of the, of the year for in this area on Thursday, uh, we got the Defiance Bulldogs versus the Napoleon Wildcats, Phil, and this is going to be a big game for both teams here, uh, history in the making for both sides. Yeah, you know, and this is a game that's somehow got – some of its heat back in this rivalry. I feel like it was kind of a little bit lopsided for a few years. Uh, maybe just the games weren't as close as what people were hoping for. But, you know, after after watching Defiant scrimmage against Liberty Center, Lynn, I know you were kind of there and saw that one a little bit as well. I, you know, I think Defiance, the way that they fly to the football defensively was the biggest thing I noticed with their scrimmages. Obviously, they scrimmaged against Otsego, too. Uh, two teams that are really going to give you a dose of what you're going to see in the WBL. Uh, then you talk about guys like uh, 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 the Castillo kid that they're bringing back, who's a really good running back, Zipfell, who has experience at the quarterback spot. Napoleon, on the other hand, doesn't necessarily have that experience at the quarterback position on the offensive line, but Defiance has that too. Um, this is a, this is a really interesting matchup, Lynn. It is, and I think you're starting to see the footprint of Travis Cooper on this Defiance team. They're tough. They're razor sharp. They are always ready to go. They don't make a lot of mistakes. Second year for Tyler Swery and Napoleon. This is one of the bigger lines that they've had in several years. Uh, Defiance is a little bit undersized. Maybe now they have been for years, but mm-hmm. they make up for it in the tenacity and, and what Coach Coop gets out of those kids. Uh, going to be a great game. Great way to kick off the season. Absolutely. So uh, let's get into our prediction here. Uh, Mi- Go ahead. I, I, I was going to say, I'll lead it off. Um, just judging by what I saw from Defiance in the scrimmage, uh, you know, Napoleon does have a pretty big physical offensive line. I just think Defiance has a lot of weapons um, to be able to kind of mix in there. You know, you, you talk about the uh, uh, the ro- – the uh, man, I can't think of what his name is right now. Um, the receiver that they have. Um, oh, Rubenstein. No, no I'm talking oh, about the Defiance receiver. I'll get his name in just a second, but um, – you know, just a kid that uh, is really, here. really good. Um, he's very athletic on the outside, mm-hmm. too, with his running routes ability. Our, uh, Napoleon obviously has some skilled players there mm-hmm. on the back end. I think if they can use a couple of their receivers I have, I think uh, Defiance has another slot receiver that's really mm-hmm. good to go inside with uh, the deep route runner that they have. And uh, not only that, but you look at Brez Zipfell, uh, a guy that can roll out in the pocket, you know, get kind of loose there in the pocket, find some throwing some throwing lanes there, and then he can also take off if he gets in trouble. Uh, Defiance line is going to come fired up, ready to play. They have a lot of guys back, and so does Napoleon. They're itching at the bit to win this game again. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Defiance winning this game 28-21 at home. 
Um, this is gonna, I, I believe at Defiance, correct? Yeah, it's at Defiance. Yes. So uh, you know, this is going to be it's a, a hostile a, environment a, a, to start a hostile off. environment and a big win for Defiance. I think to start the year. You're All thinking right. of Anthony Wilder, the receiver for Defiance, yes. and yeah. then the uh, Garrett Rod- Rodenberger. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. safety so, for him. Yeah. And we saw and we saw him a little bit in the in the scrimmage go to quarterback, and he was just I mean his athleticism was just very evident on the field. So uh, they have a lot of ways to spread you out. I, I think Defiance is going to come out on top twenty eight twenty one. Mister Exclusive. Well, I would say Napoleon likes to pass a lot, but I, we went to their field for, uh, you know, the pictures for, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I saw that one kid. That kid is huge, yeah, huge, huge. And I think Defiance might have some trouble right in the beginning, but I feel like they're going to outrun them in the end. But so I would say Defiance 35 to 27. 35 to 27. All right. Lynn? Uh, I'm going to exclude myself because Tori Strzok and I are calling this game <laughs> okay. Thursday night. Okay. So I'm not going to make a pick here. All right. So you plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. Yeah. But I, I, like I said, I think it's a great game. Uh, Phil touched on some good points. Uh, Brad Zipples, junior quarterback, got a year under his belt. He's got some good receivers. Brogan Castillo is a bruiser. He just mm-hmm. wears on you as the game goes on. Gets phys- he just physically loves contact, so Napoleon is going to have to tackle. If they're not tackling well, it could be a repeat of a year ago where he really started leaning on those guys in the second half and, and, and breaking tackles. Uh, and then Napoleon, I think they're going to be a little, mi- little more diverse this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year it was kind of Andrew Williams, and that was it. But they have some other kids that can make some plays for him. Rubenstein is one of them that, we, that you guys touched on already. Uh, I think it'll be maybe a little lower scoring. Than what he said. Okay. I think the defenses will be ready to roll. All right. But I don't know. All right. <laughs> you never know. You never know in this kind of game. You never know in this kind of game. score most of the points in the first half. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And then uh, the second half is going to be defensive the adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, obviously Napoleon, this, with the wing T offense, uh, have a, a huge line. But I think – Defiance's athleticism and uh, diversity. Uh, and, and diver- yeah. yeah, diversity. And I believe that Defiance be able to pull away later in the second half. Uh, give me the dogs uh, for a 42-28 victory. Um, right, uh, Defiance scores a very crucial touchdown uh, in the middle of the fourth quarter at the pull away there. I just want to mention, too, Go ahead. real quick, um, I do think Owen Espinoza is going to have to have a really big game for Napoleon at the mm-hmm. quarterback spot if they're going to hope to be able to win this game. Um, you know, we ta- we kind of talked with Coach Swery about his athleticism and the, th- and the things that he can do when he gets outside of the pocket. Mm-hmm. So one thing we did see about Defiance is they fly to the ball well. So be careful if they over-pursue there. Espinoza could find himself because I think Lynn made a great point. They are going to be a little bit more diverse with their offense. Mm-hmm. They're going to go shotgun. They're going to try to spread people out and use their speed that they think that they have offensively. Obviously haven't been tested with that yet. So yep. uh, I, I think that's a really, really key point for Napoleon is that Owen Espinoa has to be the leader out there uh, at the quarterback spot. Absolutely. And we fast forward to the very next day. We got Friday. Uh, we're starting with the GMC conference here. First, we got the, the GMC favorite, the Antwerp Archers, uh, playing against <laughs> the Mount Imperial Locomotives. Um, Phil, uh, is this going to be the first Uncle Spanky game of the season for us? Um, I think Antwerp wins pretty handily here. Uh, you know, we mentioned it a little bit 
in our preview show. I just think with the amount of weapons that Antwerp has to be able to throw it all over the field, again, Reed Leasty in the backfield. You can mm-hmm. add Carson Altimus to that weaponry in the backfield, not even to mention that their defense was absolutely stellar last season. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of those guys back. Uh, just Montpelier is just going to struggle moving the football here. Antwerp's going to be able to do some things. Uh, I got Antwerp winning this pretty handily, 49-0. I agree with you that one. I'm going to one up you. I'm going to say a 56 nothing uh, victory running clock before the before halftime. Like you can't have a running clock before halftime. Oh, you can't. No. Oh, whoops. Okay. At the beginning of the third <laughs> quarter, boom. <laughs> Weaver. Well, I'd say that they. Ha- I think they have all their skilled positions coming back in five linemen, and that's and they then they they won the. GMC conference title and made it to the regional finals last they year. They lose. They lost their big line. Kendrick Robinson mm. was kind of an anchor on both sides. That's mm-hmm. a huge loss for Antwerp and a receiver in Cam Fuller. So they lost those two guys. Otherwise, rest are back. And on the other side, Mount Peeler, they only won three games last year, and they only have like a few returning players. And I think they're going to get spanked pretty hard. Fifty-four to zero, Antwerp. All right, Lynn. I think Antwerp can name their score. Uh, It's probably going to be a running clock, unfortunately, for Montpelier. Uh, Antwerp's going to rest some kids in the second half, so it may not get too crazy Mm because those running clock, those games, they they go go quick. quick. They they move. Uh, So it may not get too crazy, and Jason Hale's not going to run it up. Try to pound it on on Montpelier. Uh, Andy Robinson, a good dude over there. I don't see him trying to run it up, but Antwerp. You can just mark them down all 10 weeks for me. All right. And I will say this, too. You know, I kind of talked about it a little bit on the preview. I think this is a good test for Antwerp to be able to try some new things with the running game. I think mm-hmm. that they're going to have to be a little bit better with the running game yep. down the stretch of the season um, to be able to kind of take that next yeah, a step. Yeah, little, a little example of the Gibsonburg game a little bit. They had, they had the running game uh, solid, but it took them a little bit to get it going. And when they did, it opened up some passing lanes over the top for Brewer especially. So. Yep. Next, we got the Edgerton Bulldogs playing against the Eden Bombers. Now, Phil, this is going to be this is going to be a very interesting game uh, going into this one. You know, I, I like I, I think it's kind of a, a full one eighty spectrum of offense. I think Edgerton kind of likes to run it a little bit. Eden mm-hmm. likes to spread you out, throw it around, throw it around a little bit. I think over the last couple of years, they've had a couple of kids that have thrown for thirty five hundred yards, four thousand yards. I think they had a senior a couple of years ago that uh, just really dominant spread offense wise, just throwing it around. Um, Edgerton, I think, uh, might not have the athleticism to keep up with Eden. I think Eden's going to get a late touchdown somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think Edgerton might wear down Eden a little bit, too, with their physical style play. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of touched on it a little bit. I think Edgerton reminds me a little bit of Delta with they want to play their style. They want to play their form of football. And whatever that means, they want to control the game. But uh, I think Eden will get a, a big touchdown late with some of their athleticism when, and win 21-14. All right. Lynn? Uh, I'm going to go with Eden here. I, th- I think they are uh, just have too much offensive firepower for Edgerton at this point. Now, Brody Flegel and the crew at, at, with the Bulldogs are going to try to slow this game down and mm-hmm. take some possessions away from Bob Olin's high-octane offense, offense. But Kyler Sapp and crew gets it done. I, I think they score a lot of points in this one, 42 to 14, somewhere in that area. All right, Mr. Exclusive? Well, I feel like Edgerton's – fairly balanced between passing and running and Eden is obviously predominantly all yeah, passing heavy passing so if Edgerton can stop their passing game I think it's going to be a close game and I would say 27-21 Edgerton 
All right. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Edgerton, more known for their uh, ground and pound. And I think I truly think that they're going to slow this game down, uh, be able to get those stops that they need against the Bombers. Um, I truly think that they're going to play their style of offense and their style of game and uh, milk that clock and get those scores and get the, get those crucial third downs. Uh, give I'm going to go with a low-scoring one here. Give me a 17-10 Bulldog win. Bombers only getting 17, huh? Mm. Stingy Edgerton Damn. defense Ooh, over here. Hey, I'll tell you what, he's big, on the, he's big on the Edgerton role this year. He's, he's I, very confident. Mar- Marco likes the year. weird scores, too. <laughs> 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 hey, wait until we get Joshua Martin on here, <laughs> Mr. Field Goal. All right, we got the Raiders playing against Fort Recovery. Now, Phil, this game we went over last year. It was a very it was a very interesting game last year. Yeah, Wayne Trace we saw, uh, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit over the course of the preview stuff that we've done. Uh, you know, I think four or five losses by a combined of five points. Uh, you talk about a close loss to Patrick Henry earlier in the year, uh, a close win against, um, I do believe, Ayersville late in the year, mm-hmm. um, a close loss to Antwerp down the stretch. Uh, Wayne Trace is a, is a team that's bringing a lot of key pieces back, uh, you know, talking with their coach a little bit too, uh, says a couple kids are back that didn't play a season ago. So mm-hmm. uh, look for Wayne Trace. I, I really think they're going to be special in the GMC this year. They're going to give teams a, a – a, a tough time and they have some good athleticism and not to mention they bring back some really key pieces on defenses as well. I think Wayne Trace gets a gets a late field goal and they win 24-21 over Fort Recovery. All right. Mr. Exclusive? Well, I will say Wayne Trace is going to have a stout defense this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cuz they're pretty good last year there. Yeah, they were they were very solid there. Big I feel like wasn't the majority of the games they won because of their defense? They I mean they most of their games their, their they defense did keep them Absolutely. in the game majority of the time. So, I would, I would say 21-14 Wayne, Wayne Trace. All right. Lynn? Um, I like this Wayne Trace team. Cooper Winslick uh, playing quarterback for them. Baseball player over there, they got him out playing uh, playing quarterback from what I understand. Uh, they only gave up 16.2 points per game a year ago, scored only 16. Their offense wasn't real dynamic, but, man, they played really good defense up until their playoff game against Crestview where they gave up 38. Mm-hmm. We're in a lot of close games. Patrick Henry beat them 12 nothing. Uh, Crestview had beat them 14-6 earlier in the season. Edgerton beat them by one, lost by seven to, to, to Nora. Held that Antwerp offense to, to 28, which is not terrible considering all their, their weapons. So I like Wayne Trace to win this game and to be a little bit of a dark horse in the GMC. I know you guys did your predictions, but watch out for the Raiders. They may – I don't think anybody will beat Antwerp, but they may be the number two team in, in the GMC. And, you know, we've we've been kind of saying that ourselves. You know, we, we yeah. think Wayne Trace could be scary. They're going to give every team a good game. And I think you make a great point with the Wenslet kid. You know, last year saw Kyle Stoller at the, at the quarterback spot there. If you're able to move him – Somewhere else with his athleticism. He's going to play size. a little receiver, and he's a great basketball player, so he, oh my he knows how to. <laughs> Man, yeah. so he and, and when you talk about guys Catch that the are. the ball. Yeah, and he's a, he's an excellent post player in there, too. So if you, you get him to a point where he can get Mastia. big, yes, and, and go up and catch a ball, his athleticism there. Watch out for the Ra- – I, I agree. Watch out for the, the, the Raiders. Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to say it. The autumn win is a Raider. And I've got the Raiders again because I said it last year and I'll say it again. Uh, last year it was 18-14 Wayne Trace win. I think it's going to be a little bit bigger victory for the for the Raiders with all the experience that they got coming back. 
and those weapons that they got coming back. Uh, I think they're going to win this soundly, twenty-eight to seven. Their defense is going to is going to shut down that crest that Crestview that Fort Recovery team. And we get to the last one of the GMC school. Okay. Forgot about Paulding. Oh, Paulding, my bad. Thank you. Hey, you skipped over that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Second to last team now. It's the first. It's the first game day episode. I'll give you a break. Yeah. All right. I'm not fired <laughs> just fired. yet, guys. You're <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Paulding Panthers playing against the Swatton Bulldogs. Uh, <laughs> I, this is going. I this could go either way, really. This I really don't know. Phil, what do you got, buddy? Whether it's sloppy uh, or a good game, uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. Look, you know, we talked with Coach Moeller a little bit. Um, he had said something about Swan being a little bit improved. Maybe scoreboard didn't show that last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he means the physicality, uh, kids that actually want to be a part of that program, something that they've lacked uh, there at Swanton over the past five or six years. You know, mm-hmm. they had some really good runs there in the mid-2015-16 area where they mm-hmm. won some playoff games and, and were really, really fun to watch. And, you know, I think they're starting to jump on board and then, you know, you look at the other side and you look at Paulding and, and all the adversity that they face between, you know, y- your coach leaves four days before your first game and, you know, you have kids that aren't sure if they want to be a part of the program. And, you know, we, we kind of talked with some of those kids and, mm-hmm. and they just are chomping at the bit to be able to get back out on the field, uh, to have a full off season with a coach who really wants to be behind them mm-hmm. and, and get behind this program. Uh, and that's what they have over there at Paulding right now. Uh, whether we, we're going to see those chapters obviously unfold, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of like Lynn had said with what's going on at Defiance with Coach Cooper, we're going to mm-hmm. see how this transfolds. But I got Paulding winning this game 14 to 7. 14 to uh, 7. It's going to be it's going to be low scoring. Uh, I I think that there's going to be some first game uh, jitters, first game mishaps, things of that sort as well, you know, Swanton drives, fumble here, it's, could be the same thing for Paulding. But I I think this is going to be an entertaining game. Like I said, whether it's sloppy or it's good, um these are two teams who really really have something to prove and think that they can win this game. So I think Rossford's going to come out on top 14. Rossford or excuse me, Paul in fourteen seven. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> yes, Lynn. A lot of firing happens. There's, here. they're both red. They're, they're both maroon, you know, maroon, maroon. It's the purple, same thing. white. You know, white. Yeah. Words. <laughs> Lynn, uh, this is an interesting matchup. Two teams that are looking for success. Mm-hmm. Jim Menzi over at Paulding, a Paulding guy. Eric Keller, a Swanton guy. That both graduates from these two schools. Um, I think it's going to be a slugfest. To me, Swanton is just a little bit further along than Paulding. I think it's close. I'm going to go 21-20, maybe a missed extra point or a two-point conversion or something like that. But this is a big game, I think, for both teams Mm -hmm. because you get a win to start the season. These two schools have not had much success as of late. Get a win, a little momentum in the communities. I'm rooting for both these schools. They they need to – to get on track here. I think the both great football towns at mm-hmm. one time. Can they get that back? Hopefully they can. All right. Mr. Exclusive? Well, there's nothing really much to say about both of these teams. They were 1-9 and nine last year, and they're both pretty much the same team. They both had adversity and ups and downs. So I'm going to have to go with uh, Paulding 10-7. to 10-7, to seven. all right. Field goal. Game winning field not? goal? Why not? Game winning field goal? Why not? Game winning. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, I'm going to go with the Swanton Bulldogs on this one. Uh, give me a 21-14 win for the Dogs. 
All right, so we go to the, to the last one of the GMC. We got the Battle of the Indians, the Fairview Apaches going on over to Wauseon. Phil, I, we look for a very interesting physical, possible physical game this year. I just look for Fairview to be much improved this season. Uh, you know, 0-10 last year. You get a guy like Doug Rakes who's been who's been successful over his years. Uh, and I think that also brings back a little bit of morale to the team. Hey, we got a guy who's been successful, really want to get behind him, knows how to get a lot out of his players. Not sure if they're athletically there on the field with mm-hmm. Wasion or not. Um, I'm telling you right now, Tyson Rodriguez is going to be a handful for a lot of teams defending against Wasion. I think they do a really, really nice job of misdirectional-wise with their Mm -hmm. offense to get him the ball in different situations where he can succeed. Uh, You're going to see that. Over the last couple years, they've had uh, Jude Armstrong and a plethora of wide receivers. Tyson kind of know, hey, I'm the guy. You know, a lot of it's going to be on my shoulders. Not saying that they don't have other adequate players, Mm -hmm. uh, but he's ready to step up to the challenge. He's going to have a big day. Wasion wins easy 35-14. All right, Mr. Exclusive? Well, I'd say Wauseon likes to pass, and they're more than willing to run it if they have to. Uh, nearly their whole O-line will be returning, which is good for their passing. Uh, I think Fairview, I feel like they like to throw the ball, but for, like, small gains. They're, like, quick oh, and like squirmy. A, like, a Liberty yeah. Benton, like a Liberty Benton-style offense. Yeah. But I still feel like Wauseon will still win this game, I would say, 42-14. to 14. All right. Lynn? Tough ass for Doug Rakes and crew, a team that did not score many points a year ago, only had over a 1,000 yards and all their games combined. Just a, a really tough year. The talent is coming. It's it's in their younger grades. Uh, this is a year where you build, uh, get some younger kids, some varsity experience, I think. Uh, but this opener at Wauseon, a little too much for them. Wauseon lost a lot. They graduated quite a bit, pretty much all of their lines. Uh, you mentioned Tyson Rodriguez. He's I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a, a return or two, punt or kick return in this game. He's just that dynamic. Trey Parsons back for them as well. Uh, I like Wauseon 42-7, somewhere in that area. All right. Well, Lynn, you stole my predictions. i got to make a new one now. <laughs> <laughs> you can always copy me. That's true. I could, but I won't. He's a smart man. He Don't tell him that out loud, but he is a smart man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to give Wauseon. I think they have too many athletes, and I think Fairview – Fairview will stick with them for a little bit, but uh, I believe the Indians are going to pull away here. uh, Give me a 42-14 victory. You know, Lennon, I'd like to get your opinion on this real quick. Do you think that Wauseon has a little bit more of an advantage coming into the season? Last year, obviously, um, had McLeod at the the helm. You know, midway through the season, you get Patterson in there. You know, you have a little bit of turmoil at the quarterback spot. Trey ends up finishing the year, has a really, really nice year. Do you think it's beneficial? Obviously, I do. Do you think it's beneficial having, you know, you're going in, you're saying, hey, Trey's our guy. He's the one that we're going to roll with. We know what he brings to the table, and you can kind of set your offense around him rather than, hey, we know what Trey has. We know Elijah has a lot of good – good stuff too you know what do you do do you think Wasion has that advantage now knowing that hey we we got our guy we know what we're gonna do here. I mean I think they definitely know Trey's their guy which I think settles some things offensively where you're not having to you know rotate a couple guys or being unsure of things uh he's got an, a year or half a year a little more than than that under his belt now so I, I th- the question would be the line they they graduated all those dudes up front can they protect him 
that that's going to be the key. A year ago, yep. they, they had those guys. Do they have that? And they also lost some of those receivers, Sam Smith, Jude Armstrong. They don't have those guys, too. Tyson Rodriguez can be that dude mm-hmm. for them to make those big plays. Um, Wasiana, I want to see what they do here the first couple weeks, see where they're kind of at. I think they're, there's a lot of questions for Sean Moore's crew at this point. Agreed. All right, so we head on over to the NOL. First, the Buckeye division. We got the Anthony Wayne Generals traveling all over to Hiller Darby. Uh, Phil? <laughs> uh, th- this is an interesting contest for me. Uh, Hilliard Darby is a team that plays uh, in the likes of the division of like Dublin Jerome, the Olin yep. Tangy teams, yep. uh, teams that are very, very physical. Teams uh, that we've heard of several times throughout the playoffs last year. Absolutely. Uh, a team that's very physical. Uh, <clears throat> you know, five and six last year, tough playoff loss. You know, had to go on the road and play a pretty good team. But, you know, uh, Anthony Wayne also lost a couple of key pieces as mm-hmm. well. Uh, this is a team that I uh, – or a game that I feel like is just going to really come down to the trenches and who can mm-hmm. figure out whose offensive scheme uh, defensively could come down to a turnover. I got Anthony Wayne on top 17-10 to 10 on the road uh, in a pretty tough environment. But I think Anthony mm-hmm. Wayne with just uh, um, the tradition there uh, come away with a win 17-10. All right, Lynn? Uh, interesting game. This is a Hilliard Derby team that lost six games by 23 points combined, and none of them were by more than six. So they were in every game a year ago. They could have won every one of their games. Uh, Anthony Wayne lost Joe Caswell. I mean, the dude was phenomenal. Over 2,000 yards a year ago, 32 touchdowns. Uh, all-time leading rusher in the school's history, over 4,000 for his career, 61 uh, touchdowns for his career. Uh, they have some good linemen back, uh, Dylan Robinson, Will Luther, uh, Aiden Lohmeyer, uh, some dudes there. Wynn Sharp is a really good receiver for them. They were just hit, hit hard by the injury bug a year ago, Andy mm-hmm. Brungard's crew. Four different quarterbacks in there. They just had no continuity, so they really had to ride the Joe uh, Joe Caswell train pretty much all season. Uh, their defense is always good. Craig Rutherford's over there now as the defensive coordinator, who everybody knows spent a, a lot of years at Eastwood, and his father before him uh, was at Eastwood for, for a number of years back to the early 80s. Uh, he knows his stuff. He's going to have them sharp on defense. This is a game that could go either way, and I think it'll be low scoring, maybe like 13-10. Andy Brungard and crew. All right. Riley? You guys pretty much said it all there, so I'm going to say um, A.W. 21, Hillard 14. All right. The one thing I'm concerned about is A.W.'s offense figured out after last year's. They fill, We talked about this last year, and uh, – Anthony Wayne really struggled on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense kept him in the games. I'm still a little bit skeptical on that, so I'm going. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go with Hiller Darby on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with a low-scoring game. Uh, give me a 14-7 win. Uh, probably a, a go-ahead touchdown. Most li- I want to say late in the fourth quarter. Barn burner, barn burner game. Well, and I think Go Lynn ahead. makes a couple of really good points, though. You know, obviously injuries really bugged Anthony Wayne last year. It's mm-hmm. hard to get an offense rolling when you're getting a new quarterback and a new face in there. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can, you know, depend on that that ground game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you get start to get keyed on a little bit, it does become a little bit difficult to open up things, especially with a new quarterback. Uh, he mentioned one of them actually went down in the playoffs in like the second round of the playoffs, and they had to find a way to uh, to magically win with a backup quarterback before going to their next game. So I think that plays in their favor a little bit, having mm-hmm. to have that depth that stepped up, next man up mentality. So that's kind of where I think Anthony Grant Kenny did he did start for them a year ago at quarterback, and he is 
going to start for them again this so year. A little yeah, bit of experience. Yeah, yeah. so they have experience. I mean, Cadence Carswell even played some some quarterback, and he's, okay. he's going to be one of their ball haulers this year. Uh, I think they ended up using four different quarterbacks as kind of the season progressed. Uh Grant's a great – he's a great quarterback. They also have um, uh, Griff Pike, who's also 6'4". Wynn Sharp is also 6'4". So they got a couple tall dudes out there to chuck it around if they want to throw it a little more. Yep. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. And that's going to be a really good game to keep an eye on on Friday night. We got the Finley Trojans going against the defending state champions in Division Two, the Central Catholic Fighting Irish. Uh, this is going to be a really good game, Phil, I believe. It's going to be physical. Uh, Coach Dempsey and crew is uh, the the way that his program um, has increased over the last few years is pretty remarkable. I, you know, the last couple of years, okay, we'll say over the last five years, the first two, they found a way to get there, to get there. And it seems like they've just gotten over that hump last year. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like, yeah, they had a couple of close games, but it seemed like they were always in control, even in some of those games where it seemed like maybe the fans were edgy. Those guys on the field were, you know, pretty pretty solid within control there. You look at some of the offensive linemen they bring back. I think one of them's committed to Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a very, very good line. I don't know if Finley is ready for the physicality that Central Catholic is going to bring to them. Uh, Finley, obviously a great quarterback in their own rights. Ryan Montgomery uh, has f- actually – dropped to his final five schools which is pretty funny because his brother Luke Montgomery is a Mm -hmm. freshman at Ohio State this year also from Finley and Ohio State is not on the final five for Ryan and Michigan is so it'll be interesting to see if he chooses there and there's a little family rivalry there so I think that's kind of interesting but you know when you look at Ryan Montgomery special kid in his own going into his junior season uh, I just think that Central Catholic is too explosive. I think the physicality with some of those Division One talented offensive linemen they have is going to cause fits for Finley. I got Central Catholic winning 35-20. All right, all right. Mr. Exclusive? I feel like it's going to be a blowout <laughs> for some reason. For some reason, because when I was looking at their stats, I saw a kid was 6'5", 375 pounds. On their line. Yeah, that yeah. is that is Central scary. Mm-hmm. That's a scary man right there. <laughs> I mean, that's a big dude, man. I'm telling I said, you, he's coach big. Bench me for this game. He, not only is he big though, but he's quick for his size, which is is scary. That's at scary. That size. A Absolutely. quick, a quick big guy. Mm. I would say sixty-three to seven. Damn, <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah. Wait till well, here's uh, Markle's pick. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> well, last year Central Catholic did beat the. The living crap it was out of fifty to seventeen. Fifty to seventeen. <laughs> oh, I so forgot Lynn, to say that. I had that on the paper. Oh, man. So, Lynn, what do you got, buddy? I mean, I don't pick against Greg Dempsey. I'm sorry. Why would you? I mean, they go Devontae Wright Ward, 5'10", 235. Elijah Williams, 6'2", 280. Uh, Kendrick Bankston, 5'11", 265. He's kind of the, the small He's dude in the – Mark <laughs> Nave committed to Ohio State, 6'4", 330. And uh, Terrell Green, 6'5", 375. I think he's dropped down below that. From talking to Coach Dempsey, Dempsey in the off season, uh, he he's really did a good job to kind of lower that weight. Uh, they got oh, a, now he's more mobile. Yeah, they, they have. <laughs> they also have a, a really good receiver uh, that transferred down from uh, River Rouge up in Michigan that is uh, that's headed to Iowa next year. That's committed to Iowa. Jalen Watson. Uh, they lost Josh Edmonds. They're a really good running back, but 
dude, you can throw whoever you want behind that offensive line, and they're going to run for some yards. Uh, Marquand Braswell's the dude this year. He's he had 508 yards, only 54 carries last year, um, and then they have maybe the baddest dude in the area and Michael Canings on their line, on the defensive line. I mean, you just don't move the guy. Uh, so Central can name their score in this game. I don't think, I don't think Finley has quite enough uh, physically to hang in this game. I mean, 40-some to in the teens, 10 to teens, I would say. This man said 6'4", 340 pounds. Okay. So, with that being said now <laughs> – I have still a, think Finley's going to win, huh? Oh, no. <laughs> and Ryan Montgomery no. is a great quarterback. Yeah, he um, is. But, man, that physicality that Central just always has those guys up front that they're just yeah, hard to move. Dogs, man. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, you can't go against a, state, a defending state champion. You really can't. So, I'm not going to pull a Mark May today. Not in the mood. Uh, oh, you, were you? I was originally going to go, I was originally <laughs> going, going to do a Mark May move, but I decided. Ooh. So, out goes that prediction out the window, through the wall. Uh, give me Central Catholic. Uh, winning by a landslide. Um, give me a. Give me a 56-7 win for the Fighting Irish. What was your other prediction? <laughs> I was going to say 35-34. Oh, you made it that close? I honestly did, yes. <laughs> hey, you never know. All right, no, you so never know. You never, you know. never know. All right, so we got Imagine. Perrysburg playing against St. Francis de Sales. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting game, Phil, and uh, I think this is going to be a really good game. I got Perrysburg 34-7. Probably not going to be close. Uh, Perrysburg just always finds a way to reload. St. Francis is just not physical enough, I think, for Perrysburg. Perrysburg mm-hmm. is going to dominate up front. I got Perrysburg by, by a lot. All right. Mr. Exclusive? I feel like Perrysburg is very efficient in gaining yards, very quick passing. I feel like I feel like it might be a little bumpy in the beginning, but by the end they're going to take it away, 35-14 to 14, Perrysburg. All right, Lynn? Uh, Perrysburg loses Connor Wallenzak. That's huge. I mean, the dude was absolutely amazing in his all four years. Got all these accolades for his running ability, but honestly, he may have been a better linebacker on their defense that he got to play a lot of a year ago. He's at the University of Toledo. Uh, he's going to have a great career there. No doubt he was a, a baseball commit for Purdue for a long time, but he uh, he went the uh, the football route, and uh, I can't argue with that because he's uh, he's big time. They lose T.J. Tackett's as well, uh, Grant Zimmerly up front, Cody Oakley. Uh, they lost some guys that will will affect them. Uh, but Dirk Connor's going to reload. Um, Gavin Finnegan's going to be a good receiver for them. Uh, TJ Tackett's his cousin's actually taking over at quarterback, mm-hmm. um, Josh. Uh, so I don't see them dropping off too much. Uh, they have a nice running back, uh, um, Joe Sine, who's who's going to step in. I saw him uh, get some time a year ago. Uh, I'm trying to think which game it was, Southview game. He's an impressive back. He's just kind of a mm-hmm. smaller counter Wallenzak, I'd say. Uh, Charles Woolridge taking over at St. Francis, just not there yet. This is a, a tough opener, opener for him. Uh, 35-42 to St. Francis make it a score late. Seven. All right. right. And I'm going to go with Perrysburg winning this one soundly. uh, Give me a 35-0 win for the the Yellow Jackets. 
Now we on to a rivalry game starting off the season. Sylvania Northview going against Sylvania Southview. I was going to ask that if they're rivals. Yeah, they are rivals. And <laughs> That's this, pretty this, cool. This is going to be a very interesting game, Phil, and I think uh, I think uh, Nor I, I truly think Northview is going to run away with this game. Um, I think you're wrong. I think Southview yeah. is actually going to win this game. I think Southview kind of started to figure some things out last year. They had a pretty solid running back um, who ended up having a really nice year. Uh, that was one of the things that were able to get them going last year is they had a really nice running game and were able to, were able to defend, uh, depend on some of that offensive line uh, to be able to move some people out of the way. Northview had some uh, some good athletes last year but just really weren't there yet. I don't think they're there just quite yet. I think Southview wins this game 28-14. Mr. Exclusive? I'd say, uh, well, Southview, most of their line is returning. Uh, they have very strong defense, so I'm going to go Savannah Southview 27-7. All right. Uh, Lynn? Uh, this is a great opening game. Usually this is a game that they play at the end of the season. Um, I'll tell you this. Southview is jacked up. They think this is going to be their year, and I think it will be. I think they're going to be right in that Cardinal division in the NLL. Uh, Isaac Sexton, a really good running back for them. Emmett Lamb, a uh, nice receiver. Uh, they have just about everybody back. I don't think Northview is quite on that level yet with Coach Selm there in, in his second year and kind of building that. But Steve Hardy and crew, whew, they're loaded. This this team could be something special this season. Uh, they're going to be in the mix, like I said, for the NLL Cardinal Division. I think Southview uh, at home, if they can feed off that emotion and not get too crazy with it, because sometimes that can hurt you. Mm -hmm. uh, but 35-10, 35-14 range, I would say. All right. I'm gonna pull. I'm bringing out my Mark May card of the, of the day. There we go. There, here there it is. There it is. Uh, give me, I uh, give me the upset. I got Northview winning this game. Uh, give me a 28-27 victory on a blocked game-winning field goal. <laughs> oh my bad. Extra point. Extra point. Jeez. A little spice on the. I know. Special teams. Special teams. Special teams. Uh, now we got an old NLL uh, matchup here uh, with mommy out of the NLL now. Uh, Springfield at Maumee, so, uh... You said it wrong. No. You're not no. <laughs> no, we're not... No, we're not... No, we did not. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I think Springfield's going to win this easily. Th this is going to be an easy game for Springfield. Uh, give me a 42-7 win for the Devils. Uh, I know Springfield's uh, pretty down, uh, but I know Maumee's just, just hasn't had the success that they've been looking for over the last few years. I'm going to be inclined to agree with you here. I think Spring, Springfield's going to win. I think Maumee will get a, a late touchdown or a fumble scoop and score, some kind of you know thing like that, first quarter or uh, first game of the year stuff. But Springfield wins 35-14. Mr. Exclusive? I feel like they're both pretty similar, but I feel like Springfield's a little stronger in their regard. So I'm going to say 21-7 Springfield. And Lynn? I think it's going to be close. Okay. Quite honestly. Uh, Maumee, Evan Karchner back at his alma mater there. He had a successful playing career, went to BG before he got hurt, and that kind of ended his career. Uh, LaCharles Smith, his first year at Springfield with the Blue Devils. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people in Toledo about LaCharles. They love the guy, Whitmer guy, uh, in their Hall of Fame there. Uh, Springfield has a really nice quarterback by the name of Will Scott. I think Springfield wins it 27 13, 14, they get a late score to, to seal it. All right. And the uh, last one of the Buckeye division, we got Whitmer versus the Olentangy Braves. Uh, I I think I think Whitmer's going to run away with this game. 
Um, I don't think Whitmer's going to run away with it, but I do have Whitmer winning uh, on the road. Uh, Olentangy is another one of those teams uh, that's physical, uh, can really <clears throat> can really compete with you at the line of scrimmage. I know Whitmer uh, has some pretty solid Division One athletes, including an offensive lineman who's committed to a Division One school. I'm not 100% sure on which one. I also know Whitmer um, has a lot of athletes that don't play both sides. Um, they have a guy that's a linebacker there who's very, very special. Um, Jason fly. Kelly. Yes, Jason Kelly, thank you, who absolutely flies. To, I mean, it's outstanding watching him fly to the football, uh, breaks off his read, and he makes the commitment right away. Uh, not a guy that plays both ways, so he's always rested. Um, they have some really good offensive linemen. I got Whitmer winning 17-14. I think it's going to be a close game. Like I said, Owen Tangy with a very, very physical team themselves uh, playing a really good Division Four schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Division Four, Division Three, but uh, uh, obviously I think Whitmer, at the end, their athleticism will come in 17-14 Panthers. Whitmer right. Panthers, right? right? Yeah, Panthers. Yep, okay. Whitmer Panthers. Mr. Exclusive? I would say 21-7 Whitmer. Lynn? I like Whitmer, too, in this game. I think it's going to be close. Uh, Carter Lowe is the offensive lineman you're talking about. He's not committed anywhere, but, I mean, he's got offers from, you name, every blue blood in the nation he's got. Uh, He he can kind of pick where he wants to go. Uh, We talked about Jason Kelly. He's a nice player for them. Quarterback Brady Ford is another uh, really good player. Jason Kelly's actually going to – I think he's going to get some handoffs as well. He's a a tenacious, mean linebacker. Yeah, he's going to have a nice year. I think Whitmer goes on the road and, and takes care of business. 21-14. 21-14. All right, and I agree with you, Whitmer, going on the road, going to a hostile environment, but I I believe Whitmer will uh, run away with this – well, not run away, but uh, pull out right at the end uh, to put that nail in the coffin, give me a 21-7. Uh, we all go over to the Cardinal division. The Bowling, Bowling Green Bobcats going against the Otsego Knights, and uh, Phil – I don't know, man. I think I think the Knights are gonna invade. The, invade. Yeah. Well, for those of you that don't know, this is actually a pretty old school rivalry. Really, uh, between these two teams, kind of a backyard type of rivalry, if you will. Obviously, BG and Otsego are pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a rivalry game that used to be played uh, <clears throat> in the early two thousands and late in the two thousands. Uh, at uh, BG actually got the better of Otsego uh, on many of these occasions. Um, to my knowledge, uh, B- or Otsego hasn't beaten BG in, in quite a few years. So um, I do think Otsego is going to be one of the strongest teams um, that we see this year that we don't necessarily cover. But I have them as one of my teams to watch this year. We can mm-hmm. see them in the playoffs. We're seeing them in week three. Uh, this is a team who's chomping at the bit, brings back a lot of talent, good offensive line, a lot of athleticism on the outside. You bring back a kid like Devin Farley, who's just special on both sides of the ball. DB-wise, plays more like a linebacker, can play DB with his athleticism, just really runs all over the field. They got Otsego 28-7. They'll have some mishaps, uh, first game of the year stuff, uh, but but Otsego uh, I think will win pretty handily here. All right, Lynn? I like Otsego as well on this one. I, I think they're primed to have a very nice year and will challenge in the NBC after kind of a, I wouldn't say a down year. They were 6-4 and four a year ago. They just lost a bunch of games very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they figured out ways to win a couple more of those games this season. I think they, they pull this one out. I like Phil's score somewhere in there, 28-10, 28-13. All right, Mr. Exclusive? Well, I'd say Atsigo is another one of those schools where they're smaller than most schools, and but they always come out with power and speed. So I'm going to say 35-7 Atsigo. I'm going to go with the Knights here. Uh, uh, I, that 
them knights are they're way too physical. I don't think BG's going to be able to handle it. Uh, give me the the knights. Uh, give me a 35-14 win for the knights. Yeah, just real quick, I want to touch on. I I think the NBC is super super interesting this year. When you talk about Elmwood leaving the NBC and going down to the Blanchard Valley Conference, I think that's interesting. Uh, you look at teams like East, <clears throat> excuse me, Eastwood, who. Lynn had mentioned Coach, coach Rutherford. The first time a Coach Rutherford is not going to be head coach there for like 50 years almost. Like it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have some new faces. You lose a guy like Case Boos who is just unbelievably talented with the things that he brings to the table on the football field. So they're an interesting story. And then you look at teams like Genoa who has the, the Burke Horse kid who's just an outstanding quarterback. They have a tough schedule. So this NBC conference, I know we don't cover them, but, man, if you are interested in some good football games, they are going to be some definite head spinners in that NBC conference. Oak Harbor. Thank you. Coming into that league. I yeah, wasn't there. Yes, thank you. They're the, the majority good. of people's favorites. They have a lot coming back. Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, next we got the Clay Eagles playing against the Sandusky Blue Streaks. Uh, I don't I, – I don't know. I really don't know about this game, Phil. It's there. There's too many question marks for me for Clay, on on Clay's end, in my personal opinion. Question marks. Ooh, I don't know about that. Mason Heinchel, quarterback. Let's, let's, let's give him the four. Ooh, just based let's, on. Let's just based let, on. Ooh, let me. All right, go, all right Let Kobe. me save face for you in, in Oregon, Isaiah. <laughs> in Oregon, Ohio. <laughs> all right, Cook. All right, all right Cook. Cook. Uh, this team Coach. is. I'm telling Let you, him cook. Clay Let him cook. is. Clay is. They're excited over there on the east side of Toledo for this team. This is mm-hmm. the best team they've had in quite some time. I know they haven't had a ton of success. Uh, John Gallius, whew, this group's going to be good. Mason Heichel, throw him in the discussion for the best quarterback around here. Mm-hmm. I know you got Ryan Montgomery, but he's not far behind, and he's only a junior just like Ryan is. Uh, Luke Gibbs, a linebacker, just an absolute – assassin for them. Uh, they got some beef eaters up front on that offensive line. I think Clay 35-14, they're going to be ready to roll at home in Oregon on Friday night, and they take it to the Blue Streaks. All right. Pay attention to the I, Eagles, my friend. I will. I, all right. I will throughout the season. Phil? Also, good job cooking. Uh, um, <laughs> this is, this <laughs> good. This is a good, good this cook. This is an interesting game for me. You know, I, I don't know too much about Sandusky. I do know that they're kind of a little bit more of a balanced offense. They do like to run the ball to establish the pass. That much I do know. Uh, they are a physical team. That's the question mark for Clay to me. Um, they do have some good size. They do have some skilled players on the outside. They have a very skilled quarterback. Um, just not sure of the pure tenacity and toughness. Uh, that that program has. I don't know as far as that goes. I love the buzz around Clay because I've heard the same things. It's it's going to be a fun year in Clay. They feel like they're right in the mix of that Cardinal division in the NLL that they could win that. And I think Napoleon feels that way. And I think Fremont Ross feels that way, that this is really anybody's division. So I love that point. Clay's going to come out firing. I just think Sandusky has a little bit more – Maybe, I don't want to say uh, experience, but maybe just a little bit more there, and I think they win 35-27. Right, Great good. game, though, because I'm telling you right now, Clay is definitely going to be a team that people don't want to see because they're just excited to play. I mean, they're excited to be on the field. Mm-hmm. Mr. Exclusive? Well, after what he just said, <laughs> Changed I mean, his I, mind. I, I didn't really research a lot into this uh, these two teams that much, but I'll 
I would say Clay, 27 to 7. <laughs> Why yeah. yeah. Yeah, in 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 recent history Clay hasn't had much success and all that. But even Keep with, in mind they've been playing in the track too. That's true. Yes. Um I I even though with my question marks I put out <laughs> and got absolutely cooked by the great Lynn Grohl. Um, I, st- I was still going to go with Clay no matter what here. Um, I truly think Clay's going to, like you said, they have they have potential and all that. And I and definitely a team that I'm going to keep on keep an eye on since they come in from a very tough conference. And it's, it's going to be a fun year to see Clay, but uh, the Clay Eagles play this year. Uh, give me the Eagles um, 35-17. And then the last one, we got the Fremont Little Giants going against the Colombian Tornadoes. So I've never heard of those two teams. I've heard Tiffin Colombian. You never heard of Tiffin Colombian? No. I heard about. I heard of those teams. I heard of that. They're, Missing out. They're good. They're, they're pretty good. <laughs> Phil, what do we got? Uh, I, you know, I I don't know. Um, I don't know too awful much about Fremont Ross and Tiffin Columbian. I do know Tiffin Columbian's notoriously a very physical football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fremont Ross, the last couple of years, had a pretty solid quarterback, a couple of really nice athletes on the outside. Not sure if that QB's back. I don't know for sure on Graduate. that. Graduate. So, okay, so I, gone. Um, they did have a couple of good yeah. wide receivers. I know one is gone for sure. I think one might be back. Um, the team that just likes to use their athleticism, uh, and this is kind of where Tiffin Columbian comes in with their physicality. I think Tiffin Columbian just kind of comes in and knocks Fremont Ross off their high, uh, off their back feet. Uh, 42-28. Fremont Ross is going to score points. Don't kid yourself. They're, they have a lot of really good athletes. They're going to find a way to uh, create a missed tackle here and there and then use their speed to get some long touchdowns. Uh, but Tiffin Columbian comes and wins this game. All right, Lynn. I like the fighting Chad Longs in this one. Well, <laughs> Giants. Um, I think it's going to be tight. I think this one could go really either way. Uh, something in the 20s for my score. I think they'll both get in the 20s, but I think okay. it'll be a one-possession game. All right. Mr. Exclusive? I'm liking the Tornadoes. <laughs> tornadoes? <laughs> tornadoes. Uh, I would say they're winning 27-14. Uh, all right. If I'm banking, I'm ba- I'm looking at last year's uh, game. Fremont Ross won 34-14 last year, and I truly I and just based on recent history, I every time whenever I watch Big Board Friday, every time whenever I saw Fremont Ross, I'm like, oh, how big do they win this time? And I'm going to go with the little fine, the little giants. They got they're going to take out those tornadoes. Uh, give me a 21-17 win. Very. Uh, going to be a very physical game. Now we go on to the WBL. Oh, Lima Bath <laughs> versus I love them. New Bremen of the Mac. Well, they're about to get handled. Oh, they're so going to win. Steadily. That's my Mark so, May one. All right, so There's Lynn, my card. There's my card. <laughs> he's going to throw his. He's going to throw his Mark May card. So go ahead. What do you got, Cook? Cook. Let me see. <laughs> mm. Get the soap out. My bath. Get the soap out. <laughs> Bed Bath and Beyond. Uh, uh, I we feel are like not sponsored by Bath and Beyond. Bath is gonna score. Okay, their first possession. Watch this happen. Watch this happen. Seven to zero. They're gonna hold them the whole game. Seven to zero. That's your score prediction right now. Yes. I really wish we had video right now to see Lynn's face because that's the greatest thing I have ever seen. When it comes to Lima oh Bath, Bath always wins. You're right. Okay. 
Okay, so Lynn, if you don't, so last year, <laughs> I was rooting for them the whole year last year. Last year, Weaver year was rooting for Lima Beth from week one all the way. All and they were zero ten. ten. It's yeah. the best. He picked them every week, and they didn't win one game. That's amazing. Yeah, I lost all my money. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it was the so that's so basically Lima Beth. That's Weaver's personal favorite team in the WPL. We it's don't gonna know, happen this year. We don't know why. It's but gonna it happen. Is. They're not beating the Mac, my friend. <laughs> especially, Watch them. Especially oh not gosh. this Mac school. All right, Lynn, go ahead and cook. Uh, new coach at Lima Bath. Uh, I've heard a, real, a lot of really good things um, about what they're doing down there in, in Bath Township. But New Bremen. I, I think they can kind of name their score in the uh, the first game for a new head coach at Bath, forty some to ten fourteen in that range. Yeah, I mean, I had forty eight seven like like late touchdown for Bath against New Bremen's freshman. No <laughs> offense, but New Bremen, a Final Four team from a year ago, uh, just breed physicality over there, just like every other Mac school. Going to be tough to go uh, Lima Bath. Uh, Going to be tough to play against that team. I got New Bremen forty eight seven. Not no close. faith. No None. Faith. You're right. right. None. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. We were not going to go with Bath. Uh, give me New Bremen 49-7 over Lima Bath. But, but, mm? Lima Bath scores an opening drive. There we go. Thank you. I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> All right. It. Next, we got Salina at Versailles. Another uh, WBL versus Max Schoolville. Yeah, you know, and I love this for the WBL. I just think it prepares them for what they're going to see in their nine-game stretch. A, a very unique schedule with that league. Obviously, ten league teams playing nine uh, league opponents is very unique, uh, especially when, you know, I would say the top four and five or, you know, flip a coin really on any given night. Um, I Just the way that, I, you know, I talked about this. I, I like Salina a lot this year. I think that they could shock some people in the WBL. You know, I talk about mm-hmm. Defiance. I think Defiance, everybody knows about them. Salina's kind of flying under the radar. Uh, finished the year pretty solid last year. Upset Defiance on the road to be able to knock Defiance out of contention uh, for any chance to, you know, be able to win mm-hmm. the league. I like Salina on the road. Tough to win in the MAC schools. Uh, Versailles kind of had a tough year last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, found themselves losing some close games. I just think uh, with Salina bringing back some good pieces around a team that saw a little bit of success last year, I like Salina on the road, 21-17. All right, Lynn? Tough, tough game, man. Uh, I told you I don't pick against Greg Dempsey. I also don't pick against the Mac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go over sales in this one. Um, mm-hmm. Lost a couple times, I believe, to Marion Local last year once in the playoffs. Uh, lost to Coldwater 35-34 in OT in the regular season and then 14-7 in New Bremen. Um, Salina is going to be really good. I think they can be maybe in that next tier of teams in the WBL discussion uh, outside of outside of Walpock. Um so I like Versailles uh, 28-7, I will say. All right. Mr. Uh, Exclusive? I'll say Versailles uh, 28-21. A little close game. Uh, give me Versailles uh, 21-7 over uh, Salina. Now we go on to Elida versus Rogers. And, Phil, I don't think we had much have to say about this at all, to be Roger, honest with you. Roger. No, I got Elida winning this game. Uh, you know, I kind of mentioned in the preview a little bit, I think Elida is a team that has a very, very unique story behind it. Uh, obviously, you win four and then lose six in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, an interesting way to start and then end the season. Uh, Rogers is a team that, you know, just hasn't seen a whole lot of success over the last couple of years. Obviously, different on basketball for the mm-hmm. girls' side. They've seen a lot oh, of success, yeah. but uh, not – not a whole lot there for Rodgers. They have some athleticism, but uh, just the physicality. I think of the WBL, Elida comes away with the win here. 
Uh, give me Elida. Went, uh, running clock, second half, 42 nothing. Elida, 51-0. Lynn? Uh, 41 nothing. Elida. All right. And then we got Kenton traveling over to the Cavaliers of Coldwater. And Phil, I think Coldwater is going to be on a revenge tour this year. Oh, yeah. I just feel extremely bad for anybody wearing a Kenton uniform traveling to that field because uh, Coldwater has a lot of uh, angry young men that are going to be looking to avenge a loss that they suffered last year. Um, You talk about the the Harlemer kids. I do believe both of them come back. Evan Harlemer, one of their leading receiver there for um, <clears throat> excuse me for Coldwater is back. He's a really nice athlete. They always breed size and strength over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, no chance for Ken here. 55 scrap. All right, Lynn. What do I tell you? What did I just tell you? He doesn't bet against the match. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just got to ask. Just got to ask. 42-7 calves. Uh, I would say 63 to 7. <laughs> Cold water. Uh, give me a 56 nothing shutout, Cavaliers. Now we got St. Mary's Memorial going against St. Henry. This is going to be a good matchup here, Phil. Yeah, I think this is probably outside of the, of the Van Wert and Wapaw games the best WBL matchup. St. Henry is an interesting story. Had a little yeah, bit of a down year, last year to their standards. It was yeah. a down year for St. Henry last year. I think they were four and six. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tough loss to Archibald to begin the season there as well. This is a really nice test for them. St. Mary's is a team that's kind of feeling a little bit left out in the WBL conversation. Um, tough to win eight at St. Henry. You know, Lynn's probably going to look at me because I'm betting against the Mac again. But I think St. Mary's has something to prove to these WBL people. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're going to try to show it this game mm-hmm. because they're hearing the same things that we're saying. You don't bet against the Mac. You're not going to beat the Mac. St. Mary's wins 17-7 in a very close, big turnover leads to a mm-hmm. touchdown somewhere in the first half, and it detriments the, the morale there. And uh, St. Mary's is able to hang on. All right, Lynn, I already know what you're going to say, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing it this time. You're not? I'm going with the Western Buckeye League in this one. Ooh. 20 to 8. 20 to 8. All right. Rough Riders. Weaver? They got something to prove, man. I'm telling oh, you. Yeah, I, they do. I would they not want to see St. Mary's. Weaver? Uh, St. Mary's, 21 to uh, 14. All right. Um, I love the wing T offense. I like the way St. Mary's plays. I truly think that St. Henry is – I don't think they're just ready just yet. But give me give me the Rough Riders. Uh, give me a 21-10 victory for St. Uh, for St. Mary's. Now we got to a rising Ottawa Glandorf team coming back with a lot of experience going against Eastwood who uh, fell to uh, the Elmwood Royals twice. Oh, no, for, no, once in the playoffs. So, this is going to be a really good game, Phil. Um, OG going on the road is the concern for me. Eastwood plays very, very well at home. Mm-hmm. Despite losing Case Boost, they do have a couple of talented linemen that are coming back, and they have a pretty solid couple pieces of defensive um, pieces that are coming back as well. So, with that being said, um, I think OG still going to struggle a little bit offensively. 
Um, defense is where they is where they were anchored at last year, but I think Eastwood's going to do enough at home, and they're going to win 27-21 in a really really tough fought hard contest, and it's going to be it's probably going to be a good game. All right, Lynn. Uh, interesting matchup. I don't really know what to expect. Um, OG's still a little bit young. Um, mm-hmm. You don't say that very often that a, a Ken Schreiner team um, is coming off of a tough year. So I expect them to bounce back. Eastwood, Sam Cotterman, the new head coach there, they're opening up. They're they're going to try to chuck it around a little bit. How far along are they in that new offense? Uh, they've been you know running that Rutherford offenses for, for so many years. I just don't know where Eastwood is at. Um, and I don't really know what OG is because they got a lot of young pieces and a lot of unproven guys out there. I think Eastwood, I know Sam well. They will be physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken Schreiner's team is going to be physical. I think it will be a, a low-scoring game. Uh, give me Eastwood 22-14. All right. Mr. Exclusive? Eastwood 14-7. Uh, I'm going to go with the Titans. Uh, I guess they are coming back very young and all that, but I truly think that with that experience that they had last year, I think these kids are hungry, and they're going to come out for, come out and just and just give it to them. So nobody me. would be surprised if a Ken Schreiner team bounces back. I mean, he's one of the elite coaches in this area. And give me a seventeen ten win for the Titans. It would be interesting to see the last time that they had consecutive seasons where they were under five hundred. Because I can't even remember the last time they were actually under five hundred outside. I think what they win two games last year, one two and eight, a two year and eight ago. last year. So, mm. and you know we talk about you know a couple years ago the OG um, Otsego matchup at Napoleon High School a couple years ago that was won by OG on a blocked field goal. So, um, pretty cool stuff. Uh, should be an interesting contest. Uh, yeah, I can give you a, a little background. Four and six in 1998, uh, bounced back to seven and three in 1999. They were four and six in 2001, uh, bounced back to nine and two. Um, so they always kind of bounced back, went two and eight in 2003, back to 500 the next season. All right. And now we got Shawnee going against <laughs> the Lima Central Catholic Thunderbirds, a team that we talked about last year, Phil, that kind of thro- uh, thumped the Archers in the playoffs last year. Yeah, Lima Central Catholic, a Final Four team from a year ago. Uh, tough loss to New Bremen, I believe, in the Final Four there. Um, you know, obviously a, a Mac school, and we talk about them. Lima Central Catholic, very physical, very big up front. Shawnee stands no chance, 42-0 to LCC. All right, Lynn? Uh, Scott Palty and the T-Birds big 42-6. All right. Yeah, I already threw my card already. So. <laughs> hey, here, here, have another card. Nah, I'm good. You're not going to throw a Mark May one out there again? Nah, that's only for Bath. That's oh. only for Bath, okay? <laughs> See, I told you. <laughs> uh, I would say Lima 45-7. Uh, Shake down the thunder from the sky. Shawnee's not ready. 42 nothing. Now we got uh, the Van Wert Cougars, Cougar Nation, going over to the Bryant Golden Bears. Um, Phil, I I expect this is going to be a very interesting game. I think it'll be physical and good for the first half. Um, I definitely think that Bryant is is much improved. Mm-hmm. I think they have some really talented players to go along with a very big physical offensive line. Something that Bryant has has had a you know a lot of over the past couple of years. A very big line, uh, maybe not as fundamentally sound as what they could be 
uh, but very big and physical. They also have Jace Kepler coming back at the QB spot, mm-hmm. who I think is, is going to be a very special player for them this year, reminding me of mm-hmm. kind of like an Austin Schimmler, a guy who can throw for 1,000, run for 1,000, which they're going to need him to do if they're going to be successful. And then you look at Sam Harold, who's a guy at the running back spot who can kind of offset him a little bit, who's pretty good in his own rights. He can run between the tackles. He can also spread out into a slot and kind of catch it out of the backfield. He can move into the slot and catch it there with some slant routes. Uh, I look for Brian to mix that up. Like I said, this is going to be a really good game in the first half. I just think the combination of Brylon Parker and Connor Campbell, uh, Brylon has such a unique skill set at the QB spot, mm-hmm. obviously going to be a quarterback for the first time this year, but um, with his athleticism, he's got good size, runs hard, physical, so he adds another dimension there where Aiden, obviously more of the throwing game, he could run not as fast as what Brylon is. Um, Connor Campbell, 6'3", 170 pounds. He can go up, catch it over the defense. And then they have a really nice slot receiver as well to go along with just a, a team that's been there. Coach Wrecker is a guy that knows knows how to get stuff out of his kids. You talk about a state title, three regional title appearances. Um, they're going to reload, and uh, they're going to be really good, and they're going to come out the second half ready to go. I think it will be about 14-14, 21-14 Van Wert at the half, and then uh, Van Wert kind of sh- uh, makes the adjustments. 34-14 Cougars uh, on top there. All right, Lynn. Interesting game. This is not a game you want to open up a kind of a refurbished stadium with, with the Van Wert that's had the success that Keith Wreckers had. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't have to face a pride at quarterback finally for the first time in a while, do the Golden Bears in this opener. Um, Van Wert lost quite a bit, so there's some question marks there. Brian lost a lot up front. Uh, you talked about Sam Harold and, and Jace Kepler, uh, who are going to have to lead that offense a little bit. Uh, but I like Van Wert to go into this new look stadium 28-14. It's always hard, I think, all the festivities and everything that's yeah. going on for these Brian kids. We saw it here at Liberty Center a couple mm-hmm. years ago when Otsego came here, a very good Otsego team. There's just so much outside noise this yeah. week. Uh, how If they can deal with that, it'll be tough, but I, th- I think Van Wert has a little too much, 28-14. All right. Mr. Exclusive? Uh, Van Wert. Um, 21 to 10. All right. I'm going to throw another Mark May card out here. Give me the spoiler bears. Uh, Phil, go ahead and shake my hand. Shake my head. Shake I won't your head. Dis- I won't disagree. They they always somehow the, the, spoil I, the, someone. Some, some, somehow. The bears just randomly just show up out of nowhere. Yeah. I think the bears, I think it's going to be a close game. Give mm. me the bears. They usually spoil 24-21, Golden Bears. They usually do the spoiling later, though, but... Yeah, well, hey... You never know. You never know. Uh, we got... Now we go on to the NWAL. We got the Archibald Blue Streaks traveling over to the Genoa. Genoa! Genoa! Genoa. The Genoa Comets. It's a 4th and 25, or... Oh, uh, I'm sorry. What? Oh, wait, nah, eh. <laughs> nah. Too soon. Too soon. Um, I think this is going to be a really good game, Phil, but... In my personal opinion, though, there's too many question marks around this blue tri- this blue streak team. 22 seniors coming back, but I don't think that they're going to have the depth, and I don't think they'll be able to handle this Genoa team. And go ahead. Um, this is something. this is super interesting. Uh, this is a really this is a barn burner of a game to have in the opening week. Uh, a tough to prepare for Genoa, especially when you talk about the quarterback that they have and all the things that he brings to the table and the things mm-hmm. they can do. Um, Genoa just obviously over the last several years been a very physical team, always competing in that NBC mm-hmm. 
Archibald, like you said, brings back 22 seniors. My biggest question mark for Archibald is whether or not they can get a running game going enough to um, provide Cade uh, with some options to throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, Cade, obviously a spectacular quarterback, uh, puts some weight on this offseason, looks a lot better, looks a lot more physical, mm-hmm. looks stronger, uh, more ready to play the part maybe, if you will. Um, tough to win at Genoa. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, tough very, place it's to a play. very beautiful place. It's a very beautiful place to go. I got Genoa winning at home, uh, coming to light a fire, 34-27. Um, I think maybe Archibald tries to go for two, doesn't get it, and I mm-hmm. think Genoa probably does the same thing, which is why you get 34-27. All right, Lynn. It's going to be uh, a heck of a ball game. We're, we're calling this game, so I'm going to exclude my uh, my pick here Will again. Be the fifth again? Yep, I'm All going right. to. Um, this is maybe, I would argue, the best game on the list that you guys have here mm-hmm. on Friday night. Uh, I think you can make an argument for defiance and a point just because of the, the history and the rivalry there. But uh, this one um, is, is no slouch. Uh, I know Genoa is fired up being over in that community. Uh, some this summer, Aiden Brunkhorst, really good quarterback. Uh, they have some other guys that are that are really good as well. Uh, Aiden Antry, their, their running back, who's a tough, tough dude, ran for almost 800 yards a year ago. Uh, Mike Vickers, a name that people will be familiar with around here, is the Genoa OC, and they will run five wide, and the next play they are in the wing tee, and they use the same guys. Uh, it, it's tough to prepare for. Archibald, uh, Mason Siegel up front, whoo bad dude up there for them they have some other linemen back brian burrows wyatt ripke uh they have so they have a really good line that is right up there with liberty centers if you Mm -hmm. want to compare uh really good lines around here kate brenner like like phil talked about his back uh chase miller watch for him cornerback and receiver for Mm -hmm. them uh this is just going to be a great game i I think it could be very high scoring Mm -hmm. to be honest with you all right Mr. Exclusive? Well, I'd say both teams are very strong teams, but I think Archibald has a better pass game. And on the other hand, I think Genoa has a better run game. Based on uh, your, based I on, feel based like Phil is starting to get I just, I just I think, think that I would this probably game is, flip those. It's just, it's yeah, just, yeah, because uh, they went away from the wing tee after 2018. Oh. But, everything, but everything that Archibald did last year was based off of the success of Carson Dominic in the backfield. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't have, no have Carson him Dominic. this year. Yeah. Oh, that, so the, the, leading's area, the, the area's leading rusher is not there this year, and they lead on him a lot last year. So they're probably going to have to run a lot so, more than pass. Well, and, uh, again, though, when you bring back mm-hmm. Brian Burrows and makes Mason Siegel and you have a really good offensive line, which they've had over the last few years, plus you had a senior-dominated running back, they're missing that guy. Now, behind that line, you can get those four yards, but Carson gave you an extra three on the four yards that he got. Except you can't, you can't <laughs> teach that, and that is what is going to be the biggest difference for me for this Archibald team this year. Well, I guess on that, my prediction is Archibald 27, Genoa 14, but the first three quarters is going to be a back-and-forth battle. But I think at the end, I think Archibald will pull away. All right. I'm going to go with the comments here. Um, I, Like I said, there's too many question marks around this Blue Streak team at the time right now. Like, that's, that was the problem last year with them. Uh, they were undefeated going into the Liberty Center game, and there were still question marks around them, and no one knew really knew how good that Archibald team could have been. Could been. Obviously, we know afterwards, but I still I've got the comments winning this. Mm, 
give me a give me a twenty eight fourteen win for the comments. It's gonna be a good game, man. Uh, we got a we got a. This is gonna be a really good game. Also, we got the uh, Delta playing against the Arizona Pilots. Uh, this game, Phil, uh, controversy last year on a very questionable fumble call that really cost Ayersville a win there. Yep, and uh, this game tr- uh, switches back to Ayersville, and I think that's the biggest advantage for Ayersville playing at home. They're fired up. They're ready to go this year. I think that they're going to be a scary team that nobody wants to see in the GMC. I think Ayersville avenges this loss. I think it's going to be another really, really close mm-hmm. game. I got Ayersville winning 21-20. Delta's going to try to score and go for two and not get it. That's how Ayersville wins. All right, Lynn? Uh, another interesting game. I, I think there's uh, some uncertainty with both of these teams. Arizona loses Owen Berner uh, and Blake Hanstein, their quarterback. Where do they go from there? They have all their linemen back pretty much. I think they have four of their five linemen back. Uh, so they're going to be very good in the trenches. Delva, who hit hard, hard, hard by graduation. I think the Pilots avenged last year's loss, though, in this one. All right. I'm going to go with Delta. Ooh. 35 to 14. Ooh. I, I feel Love like it. Delta every year is making a little comeback each Love year. It. Even when they get new players in. I feel I like, like their coach is yeah, doing well with their program right now. Even with Ayersville with an experienced line coming back uh, and have Abe Delano playing. And, but the the one thing is, though, they have a new quarterback that in the fishball kid. Uh, I think they're going to struggle, uh, struggle a little bit in their first game. Uh, give me the Panthers. Uh, give me a 28-14 win for the Panthers. Um, we got the Evergreen Vikings hosting the Elmwood Royals. Uh, uh, I think uh, – can we, we get a, Can we go unanimous? Can we, we go unanimous know. here? Yeah. You can't. Oh, no. Oh, oh. Mark May card. Mark May. Mark May. <laughs> All right. You got, the, you got the kitchen again. Don't Lynn. overlook this Cook. Evergreen team. Cook. Whoa. Riley Dunbar, Hunter Vakulik. Diesel Stoikoff. <laughs> you got a Diesel. dude with a name like that. Hey. <laughs> I, li- I like I like Evergreen in this game. Really? Elmwood lost a ton. Ton. They yes, they did. They lost a ton to graduation. Micah Oliver back. Uh, they have a couple of their linemen back. But, man, I think Barry Bach and Evergreen in his debut gets it done. Close. At home. 20, 21. Now I'm going to go 28-20. Vikes. <laughs> oh, dang. There we go. Cook, Phil, cook. Wait, no, I need, I need the uh, I need the <laughs> from Evergreen to rail in right now. That would have been, <laughs> been perfect. After he predicted them, that would have been perfect. Oh, Skull. Skull Vikings. Um, I'm sorry, Lynn. I'm going against you on that. I got Elmwood. I got Elmwood t- winning this 28-7. to Oh, mine's... 52 to 6. Interesting. Elmwood. Oh, dang. <laughs> I said 38 7 Elmwood. I think, I just think that they're they're there and Evergreen's not. But I do think Maybe it won't be Evergreen has a lot of athleticism and uh, they're going to be pretty fast and can compete. So, And now we're on to the second last game of the NWL. We got the Patrick Henry Patriots going against the Hicksville Aces. Um, I, Phil, I think this game's going to, I think this one's already speaking for itself already. Yeah, I think this is going to be a, a pretty lopsided victory for the uh, Patriots of Patrick Henry, um, bringing back a lot of players. Depth, obviously, biggest concern for Patrick Henry. Going to have to stay healthy, but 
Um, they're going to really look forward to punishing the line of scrimmage here against Hicksville, being physical, uh, and then take the top off with their weapons. Landon Johnson is an outstanding receiver, does all of his work early in his routes, fun to watch. He's going he's gonna to have a heyday, 42-14, Patriots all over the aces. Agree. Uh, Bill Insman chasing history uh, this going into this season. Uh, I truly think the Patriots are going to win this one by a, uh, by a landslide. Give me a 42 nothing win for the Patriots. 52-7 pH. However many points Bill wants to put up. Fair point. All right. Uh, now we're going on to the game of the week. The Walpock Redskins against the Marion Local Flyers. Phil, uh, you, we talked about this earlier. This is going to be a blowout. Marion Local by a lot. Um, Marion Local has a lot of talent back from last year uh, in a state championship uh, win or season. Uh, perfect season at that. Another one. Just chalk it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Marion Local, they play two extra seasons in, or an extra season in two years where some teams don't play an extra season in ten mm-hmm. years with their practices. So I think that's just – it speaks for itself. Uh, they've won, I think, like – eight state titles in the last 13 years, including including appearances where they didn't win. This team is just – it's truly unbelievable. Wapakoneta does have a lot of skill players back. The Moyer kids back, Caleb, a uh, great quarterback. Wapakoneta very physical in the WBL. No chance against the Flyers. 42-14, Marion Local all day long. All right, Lynn? Uh, I also like Marion Local, 35-13. All right. Weaves? Marion Local – 27 to 7. Give me my Mark May card again. I think Wapak. You have too many cards, bro. Hey, you get five <laughs> cards in a hand. Okay. So, Whatever. give me Wapak. Uh, even though they lost 21 to 7 last year, I think Wapak is going to come. They're in, in, in their own stadium. I think they're going to pull it off, but it's going to be close. I call it 17 14, game winning field goal, Redskins. You I'm hold Marion local to fourteen points, you're gonna win. So, yep. I, I, if that's what if, if that's if, what they do, if it happens, you never know. All right. So now we go on to everyone's favorite part of this show: mm-hmm. the militia five. Oh, we're not gonna talk about Liberty Center or what? After that, why would we do that? Okay, last? fine. That makes no fine. sense. All right, fine. Come on. All right. Now we got Liberty Center traveling over to Ram Country, the Tenora Rams. This is gonna be a fun game. Phil, mm-hmm. this is uh, one of those games that I think both of these teams are biting at the bit to get started at. Uh, Tenora hasn't beaten beaten Liberty in about three or four years. Um, you know, last last year, tough loss, thirty one nothing. Year before that, uh, the West Weimer with the kick heard around the world mm-hmm. uh, to to finish that off in the last seconds of that game. Um, yeah. You know, Tenora's going to open it up, man. They got some athletes. Uh, the Gus Weiler kid is special in the backfield. He's a great linebacker, really has mm-hmm. a nose for the football. Um, you lose a guy like Javen Gaines, though, um, going to be tough to replace him. Big physical kid on the inside there. Um, I just think Liberty Center's offensive line depth comes mm-hmm. into play. Defensive line and linebacker depth comes into play just wears Tenora down, mm-hmm. and I think Liberty Center ends up winning. I think they're only going to get 28. I think Liberty Center is going to struggle a little bit, obviously losing yeah. some pieces like Zyder or Box, Klein. I mean, those are big names to replace. Um, but I just think the offensive line, the tradition, the physicality that we've had over the past couple of years really comes into play here, and, uh, mm-hmm. and Liberty Center pulls this out. I think it's going to be about 28-14. Don't, 
don't get me wrong, man. Tenora's going to be right there. They're going to be physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be able to drive the ball a, a little bit here and there if they're able to mix up. But if they're if they're straight ahead, good luck on that. I mean, it, it's going to have to be a good mix, and they're going to have to use some athleticism on the outside. I got Liberty Center 28-14. Lynn? I think it'll be a, a similar score as a year ago. Um, 30-some. I think the Rams get a score or two somewhere in that area. Okay. Just too much uh, up front and the uh, stable of backs. All right. Uh, I would say LC 35, Tenora 7, only because I give them a score because I feel like we need to break in our quarterback like how we did with Zyder. Zyder struggled like in the beginning of the season. And then as the season gone on, he got better and better and better. And then that's, I think that's a good yeah. point, making Grady comfortable. Yeah. I think it's a good point. Th- yeah. Yeah, and uh, get, for me, uh, give me a 35-14 win for the Tigers. Uh, I think Tenor's going to make it interesting in the, fir- in the first few drives mm-hmm. and pro- most likely in the first half like they always do. Um, but I think halftime adjustments and all that is going to kick in and uh, the depth that Liberty has and the amount of players that they can rotate in in a game, um, I don't I don't think Tenor will be able to keep up with them. And uh, 35-14 Tigers. All right, so take two now. We go on to the Militia Five. So, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. so Lynn, number five. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a pick. Yes, Whoa. sir. Do, five, do four, I five, what, four, three, two, two one. one? Yep. What a uh, what a uh, do, what a leagues can I pick from? You can pick a- from a- any, any, area any league. Team. Any Ooh. league. Number All. five. So this is the worst of the five. You're telling me. Yep. Yep. Ooh, it's tough, man. I know it's really tough. Do do. I have. I would say. Uh, I would say. Ph. Okay, the Patrick Henry Patriots. All right, number four. I'm gonna go with. I may have to change my first one. Actually. Oh no. Well, I may have missed somebody. I may have missed somebody. Now I'll stick with Ph. Okay. I'll go with Antwerp at number or Archbold at number four. Okay. Number three. I'll go with Antwerp. Mm-hmm. LC. And then, well, Central Catholic has got to be number one. Ooh. Dang. If I oh, yeah. can do that, Definitely. can I do that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we can go with that. Um, Central Catholic. So I'm, Central I'm, going Ca- with, I'm going with who can kind of go so the furthest in the playoffs. Central Catholic, Liberty Center, yep. Antwerp, Archibald, Patrick Henry. Yep, I'm going by – right. my five is who can go deepest in the playoffs. The, initi- the inaugural no. Militia Five. For season two. I love it. I like that, ladies and gentlemen. Lynn Grohl with the militia with the militia five. So, um, that so with that being said, we got some shout outs, I believe. Yeah, well, first of all, Before can't that. wait to get the season going. Oh, uh, yeah, ready for week one here. Uh, just like to say a couple shout outs to our sponsors. I'd like to thank uh, AB Perfectionist Painting and the guys at Knock It Out Drywall. You can give Austin Purdue a call at four one nine nine zero six one six two seven. They can the drywall guys can come do the drywall and the painters guys can. Come paint right after you. Quality painting made easy. Um, our favorite, our favorite end zone militia son, uh, Mr. Field Goal himself, Joshua Ooh, Martin. Joshua Martin. Uh, thank you to him. Uh, Meyer Baden Hop Insurance, uh, servicing the people uh, in Northwest Ohio since 1933, and LC Tiger Sports Live. Uh, shout out to Kyle Kern and KK Collision out there with uh, high quality towing and mechanics out there. Uh, three cord. Sign it, sew it, screen it, print it with Shane Hollenball. Uh, let's see here. Meyer Bainhop Insurance providing uh, 
providing athletics, you know, helping out with athletics throughout the throughout the area. Tiger Den Dairy Bar with our great, great, great family, the Snyder family. And when you do go to the Tiger Den, always ask for a Duke burger. Get the Duke. And finally, but not least, Chambers Control with solar panel, solar pan. Uh, why do I come on? Pan, solar panels, panels. solar go. panels, and, and uh, very... Swanton Welding as well with the uh, fabrication services there with Norm Sider and the gang at uh, out at Swanton. So, yep. So, with that being said, I'm your host Isaiah Markle. I'm your co-host the Snowman. And just remember that stats are cool. I'm Mr. Exclusive Riley Weaver. I'm the king of the swamp. King of the swamp. I like it. Lingerol. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah, and, absolutely. And this is Endzone Militia. Weaver King. Oh. <laughs>